Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Hi, this is Vernon Oaks, and we're on the mall in D.C. This is Co-op Festival on the mall, and we're here with Kevin McClinton, who is with Riceland. Hi, Kevin. Good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Are you having fun out here in the mall? We're having a great time on the mall. We've had a lot of foot traffic today. We're educating a lot of people about rice and the habitat we create for a lot of water birds out there. What do birds have to do with rice? We see growing rice is in an aquatic habitat. So there's a lot of birds, a lot of ducks, a lot of water birds that love that habitat. So we're creating, we're producing rice to feed people here in the United States and around the world. But after we're finished producing rice, we turn it over to ducks and we let them have the rest. Okay. So Riceland is a cooperative? We are a cooperative. Riceland was formed in 1921. We are a marketing and processing cooperative. So our farmer owners who own the cooperative, they grow the rice on independent farms, and then they bring the rice to us, and we process the rice, package it, and market it here domestically and all over the world. So in my definition, I call you a marketing cooperative. You are the ones that the farmers come in, and they own rice land. So all of the farmers own rice land as a form of a cooperative, and then you all process it and market it. And therefore, the farmers can get more markets and hopefully a better price. Is that right? That's exactly right. What we're doing is we're trying to keep our cost as low as possible. So we're, we're milling the rice, we're storing the rice for the farmers, and then we're packaging that rice and we're moving it into the market. So what we're trying to do is keep our cost as low as possible, and then we're returning all of those profits back to the farmer. How do you how do you return the profits back to the farmer? You see, the farmers own the company, so there's no shareholder to give it to. There's no dividend to pay out to shareholders. They are the owners, so they get all the money back. Okay, so I guess in one way, then they own the stock, and they are in fact the owners are the members. They are the st- stockholders, and when there's a dividend, they get it. That's exactly right. It's all returned back to the farmer. That's one of the reasons I love co-ops, by the way. You bet. You bet. Us too. Um, on this program, we've been in existence now for five years, and one of the questions I ask people is, do they like what they do? So do you like what you do, and why? I really do. I love what I do. Working for farmers, uh, I like to say farmers are the salt of the earth. It's some of the best people out there in the country. So love working for farmers, love trying to build a family farm business, which is a cooperative. So we just really love the cooperative model. It really works for us. What causes it to work for you guys? I think because we're working for farmers, uh, that means all of our board members are farmers. So, so we've got men and women that are coming off of the farm, coming into the boardroom and making decisions about the business. So they're, they're more in tune, more in touch with what's going on on the farm. So they're going to make the best decisions for the cooperative. Okay. So you get a chance to work with farmers, to help farmers, 
That's why you love this business. And then you get a chance to interact with them, and they make the decisions on what this business would do to help them. And if they deal with uh, Principle 6, what they would do to help our communities and social responsibility. That, that's exactly right. You know, farmers in the, the, the communities where we live, agriculture is the driver of the economy. So when farmers do well, the hospitals do well, the schools do well, and all the businesses that support agriculture do well. So, so agriculture is the heart of the community, which means the co-op is the heart of the community. All right. All right. We're out here on the mall in D.C. looking at the Capitol. It's green. It's pretty. There's a lot of people out here. And you've been having fun with these people? We have. We have seen people, I think, from every nation on the globe today. Uh, we're educating people about rice today. Uh, people are learning that brown rice and white rice are really the same rice. It's just processed a little further. And we're also getting to educate them about the wildlife habitat that we're making on the farm. Well, I just tasted your rice and cheese with broccoli in it, and it was great. It tastes really, really good. Right. We've got a lot of mixes. A lot of people just like regular rice, but rice, can you can add a lot of spices and flavor to it and come up with anything you want. So we try to put something out there for everyone. Okay. I always thought that rice was in China somewhere where people are stomping around in the rice farm. I didn't know in Arkansas? That's where you all are based? That's right. Over 50% of the crop that's grown in the United States is grown in Arkansas. So you have six major rice-producing states. You have Arkansas, California, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Missouri. And those six states produce over 99% of the rice here in the United States. But Arkansas is, is the big one. It grows 50% of the crop. So we produce our own rice here, 99% of the rice that's eaten, consumed in the U.S. is produced in the U.S.? About 85% of all the rice that is consumed in the United States is grown in the United States. There are some rice from other countries coming in, from like from Thailand and India, which would be some aromatic rice, uh, jasmine, basmati. But 85% of all the rice consumed in the United States is grown, processed, and packaged right here in the United States. Okay, now, being in a co-op, rice land, the farmers in a co-op, do they have a say at what price they sell you the rice for so do they do they do that well rice is just like many other commodities obviously there's a commodity market prices moves up and down based on supply and demand uh you know we only in the united states we only produce about one and a half percent of the world's rice crop okay so we don't really dictate the world price so we have to look at prices from all over the globe, and that impacts uh, the, right, the, the rice price here in the United States. But is there any benefit for that farmer in pricing by being a member of Rice Land, that they don't end up starving if the rice price of the commodity in the world goes down? Yeah, the great thing about being a member of a cooperative is we, we have other businesses that create value added, all right? So... If you're, if you're not a member of a co-op and you're selling your rice, let's say, to a major exporter, once you sell that, that rice and you get paid, you're finished, right? But if you sell it to a co-op, especially selling rice at the retail level, you get the, you get the commodity price, but then you also get that additional margin that's made at the grocery store shelf. Because, again, you're the owner, you get the profit, right? So it comes back to you. Fantastic, fantastic. 
So the first principle of, of cooperative says that the co-op is open to all people, no matter gender, race, whatever, just open. Is that the way Riceland works also? That's exactly the way we are. We're, we're called an open co-op. So anyone who wants to come and market their rice through Riceland, all they have to do is come, sign an agreement, and they're a member. So is it one member, one vote? It definitely is a council. It's the way we have the state split up into councils. So the councils elect the board. We have a 25-member board. So the local councils, they elect the board member that they send to Riceland, to the Riceland board. Okay, okay. So you're having fun, making money. The farmers are the ones that really tell you all what to do and how to do it by electing this board through the councils. Okay, any any other thing that Riceland sort of stands out that really, really functions well in the marketplace? You know, I think the best thing that we deliver on, obviously, is innovation and new products. Uh, we've got a whole list of products over here that we're trying to show people today. Uh, we're trying to use rice in new ways. Uh, we're actually, when we mill rice, we're milling the bran off of the rice. There's oil in that rice. So we're actually extracting oil from rice bran. And rice bran oil can be used for frying food. It's non-allergenic. It's got a very high smoke point. So a lot of restaurants are switching over to rice bran oil. As maybe children come in with peanut allergies or vegetable oil allergies, they're frying food in rice bran oil because they know it's safe. There's no allergies. Well, that's new to me. That's fantastic. Okay. And you see a high smoke So that means you can put more flame to it without it burning or losing its elasticity or whatever it is That's exactly right you can you can fry food at 475 490 degrees and it won't smoke and what that does that means the food comes out really crispy and not oily and also the oil has a long life you can use it over and over and over and it still has the same qualities so you don't get that old burnt taste or smell from the oil that's exactly right it stays fresh well looking out here on this mall there's a lot of people I'm going to let you get back to having fun, and I want to thank you very much, Kevin, from Riceland in Arkansas. I want to say Arkansas. <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate you being here. All right. Thank you. So we're back here on the mall. We're sitting around looking at people. There's a lot of people out here. And we can look at the Capitol and the Green. It's just a beautiful space. And we ran across Doug O'Brien, the president of NCBA, who's sponsoring this. Doug, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing fantastic. We're here at the Co-op Festival on the Mall, the second annual. Uh, we've got 34 partners, cooperatives, cooperative associations, telling the story of how cooperatives empower people in their business, empower them in their community. Uh, we've got food co-ops here, Cabot is here, Organic Valley, Riceland. Uh, we've got housing co-op. We've got um, worker co-ops. Uh, across the board, and uh, I got to tell you, Vernon, the the thing I probably like best, I mean, beyond it's a it's a beautiful, amazing place. You see the Capitol in the background, the Washington Monument, the Smithsonian Castle. It's the conversations that happen, because in every one of these 34 partners, we got real cooperators, people who really live uh, the cooperative business model, and then you have thousands of folks, probably most of them, that coming out of the Smithsonian, young families. And they're starting conversations. They're asking about uh, one member, one vote. They're they're wondering what is this all about with uh, member benefit and control, and uh, and these conversations are happening, and people are having fun, 
so it's just we're having a great time. Great, I am also for all of those reasons. The young man I just talked with, with his two young children, three and one, that's what he was talking about, the benefits of being in a co-op and how they can increase their wealth and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah that's right. It, you know, and there's, there's a lot of people, uh, I think the way we were able to present it here on the, the National Mall, you know, on, on America's Front Yard, they have that, that conversation and we make it real accessible. You know, it, some, some great conversations, some of the purchasing co-ops, we're talking about how, you know, and these are cooperatives of small businesses that come together so they can compete against Walmart and Lowe's about how the cooperative business model uh, really preserves Main Street and the jobs and the families who own those businesses on hardware or uh, HVAC systems or veterinary. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's a little bit of everything here. And the, the conversations are great. People are having fun. And it's uh, the co-op festival on the mall. All right. And the music is great. <laughs> and thank the music you. is fantastic. Thank you, Doug. All right, thank Keep you on walking around having fun. All right. All right. Thanks See a lot. you. We're at the festival on the mall. The co-op festival on the mall is a beautiful, beautiful day. We're getting ready to take our first break. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOS, at 95.9 FM. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOS, at 95.9 FM. Hi, this is Vernon Oaks, and we're out here on the Mall with Cooperative Festival. And we have Mr. Richard Dines, who we're going to talk to from CUNA. And CUNA is... Credit Union National Association. And what makes up CUNA? Well, we're the association of all different types of credit unions. Credit unions uh, from large to small, federally chartered, state chartered, in every state of the union. Every state? Every state. Okay. How many members? Well, there's about uh, 5,500 credit unions in the country, and about 85% of them belong to CUNA. And they also belong to their state leagues. So there are state credit union leagues and CUNA, and credit unions belong to both. And those credit unions have over 110 million members. 110 million members. Okay, so we probably see a few of these out here on the mall today. Oh, yeah. In fact, the Navy Federal Credit Union, the largest credit union, is here. Uh, and there's a bunch of local credit unions that are helping staff our booth. Okay. Now, I was thinking about the people walking around here would be members of Navy Federal or I'm a member of NIH Federal Credit Union. Absolutely. So there would be people around here that are members of credit unions. Why are you out here in the mall? So we're out here because uh, we are part of the cooperative business community, and, uh, and we want to represent uh, credit unions make sure everybody understands that credit unions are cooperatives. We're not-for-profit, member-owned cooperatives, just like farmer co-ops and worker-owned co-ops and food co-ops and housing co-ops. And, uh, and we want to make sure that people, you know, understand that when they belong to a credit union, they're a member of a cooperative. 
And most people don't know that. Yeah. I, I did not know until no. I started getting in his work. Right, yeah. Most people don't know that credit unions are cooperatives because, unfortunately, they've got the name credit union, uh, so it doesn't sound like a co-op, but they are indeed cooperatives. And I joined my first credit union because they had better car loans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's why... Uh, people generally belong to credit unions is because we have better rates. We have uh, better, uh, higher rates on savings, lower rates on loans, and we get it, we give a better deal to uh, members of credit unions because we're not for profit, uh, and we return our profits, our surplus, back to the members in terms of better rates and better service. So I just want to make sure that everybody understands what you're saying. That is, Richard, when somebody comes in to get a loan to buy a computer or a car or even mortgages now, they can normally get a better rate, a lower rate on that loan at a credit union because you're not out for profit. Exactly. We're not uh, uh, every quarter trying to return the highest return to investors. We're there to uh, provide the best possible service and best rates for our members. And on the other side, if I put my money into a savings account, with my credit union, like anybody else, if they have more money in the in a in a savings unit, a CD or other kind of savings, yeah. you normally can get a better rate of return from the from the credit union. Yep, you will usually get better rates from your credit union because uh, indeed all the financial benefits go back to the members. They don't uh, take any money and and give it to investors like they do at banks. And probably that investor at the bank probably don't even live in the community. Exactly. Maybe not even live in the U.S., and they take that money, that profits out of the community, perhaps out of the U.S. Yeah. In a credit union, your money stays in the community, stays in uh, in the cooperative that you own. Richard, are you having fun out here? I am having a great time. This is terrific. Lots of folks have been coming by and learning about cooperatives, learning about credit unions. It's been a terrific day. But what are you doing with this money thing? You having kids going there? Because I wanted, they look like they have fun in there. Maybe yeah. I wanted to go in there. What are they doing? So yeah, so we've got a cash grabbing machine here. Uh, one of those machines you sometimes see at, you know, on quiz shows or something like that, where you go in and the money just uh, flies everywhere and you have to grab as much as possible. Unfortunately, it's not real money though. <laughs> oh, I wanted to get in. That's why the line isn't bigger. Okay, I got it. <laughs> That's not right. Real not real money, but the kids are having a gas doing it. And uh, even some adults are having fun. Okay. Do you enjoy your work? I do. I do. I love working for uh, for credit unions and uh, and making sure that our voices are heard up on Capitol Hill and in state capitals around the country, and making sure that credit unions are able to return as much benefit as possible back to their members as they can. Okay. In oh seven oh eight, in the big recession. Mm. Congress came in and, and made all of these, yet all these reports you had to make, all of these yeah. kinds of things. Okay, and I kind of thought that was unfair to credit unions. Yeah, yeah. I think um, unfortunately, uh, when uh, the Great Recession happened back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, uh, Dodd Frank, the the Dodd Frank Act that passed, was really meant uh, to remedy a lot of the problems that were in the financial system. And unfortunately, a lot of those regulations also uh, were put on credit unions, which did not cause uh, the financial collapse. That was all the fault of the big banks. And so uh, we're still trying to uh, roll back some of those regulations, particularly on credit unions and other community financial institutions. And we were successful earlier this year getting uh, one bill passed 
S2155, which did that to a certain extent. But we still got a long ways to go to make sure that um, that the same regulations that are being put on big banks to make sure that they're not bringing down the whole financial system aren't also put uh, to burden small credit unions, which are busy serving their members. So you have products, loans, mortgages, whatever, that helps your members, and you won't give those loans that the interest rate goes up over time, which then are put people in loans that they mortgage that they cannot afford right. in the future. And you know those banks knew in the future that people could not do those loans. Exactly, yeah. The banks were involved in really risky, what were they calling, liar loans and uh, loans with no, with, you know, not looking at any kind of documentation. Credit unions have always understood their members, uh, and they will lend to their members based on a personal relationship because credit unions are owned by their members, and they understand who they are. Uh, so they know usually if they're going to be a, a, a good risk or not. Uh, it's not like we're at big banks. They're just out to make as much uh, short-term money as possible and not worry about the consequences later on. Thank you, Richard. I'm going to let you go back to having fun. Absolutely. There's a little boy who took his hat off, getting ready to go in and grab some money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, Vernon. I may have to go in after him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, grab some money. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Thank you. All right. So we're on the mall at the co-op festival brought to us by NCBA. And I have one person walking around with his my son. Family. My family, yeah, my, my wife. She's with my daughter over there at the uh, exhibit right there. And this is my son. And we're just, you know, out and about in D.C., third, fourth generation Washingtonians. And this is, uh, I guess, a great way to inform D.C. residents of cooperatives, I, I assume I'm going to check things out just to, you know, see what this is all about. And what's your name, sir? Linwood, Linwood Bunch. Third generation Washingtonian. Yes. Okay. So how did you hear about this? So we actually were going to the Earth Space Museum. My my daughter, is, you know, she's fascinated with space. And so we were uh, going to go to uh, the Earth Space Museum. And so we seen cooperative. So that stuck out in my mind. Let's see what this is about. Hopefully, they got some information that's useful. Okay, I'm glad you did. How old is your daughter? So, my daughter is, she'll be three in December. Okay, and your son? He's four months. Man, it's good to see you out here with your family and learning about co-ops because co-ops are all about family. Right. Now, you you said you wanted to know more about co-ops in the district? Yes, and how, and how uh, you know, a family can go about taking part in that resource i mean because that that is a definite pathway to middle class as our mayor always promotes the pathway to middle class so you know uh you know we're currently on a, a cooperative waiting list now and that's second northwest on uh fifth and no i'm not sure if you i know it i know it I, so you that's a housing co-op you're on a waiting list to get into yes yes okay. because right. that is a, a, a the the setup that they have is like Unbelievable. It's ownership. If you decide to sell it, if you decide to move on, you can take the funds that you're actually paying as rent, mortgage, whatever, your your, your fees, dues, whatever they want to, you know, uh, categorize, you know, with the verbiage or whatever. I'm trying to take part in that. All right. Now, there is a group that's called the D.C. Cooperative Stakeholder Group. 
And it's about halfway down here in front of the Smithsonian. And they have a list of co-ops in the district. Okay. Okay. So, so I direct you to take your, your wife and your kids and go over there, and they have a, um, a flyer okay. that will tell you about all of the co-ops. Not, that's not all of the housing co-ops. Okay. Okay. And, again, I cannot tell you, being a grandfather, I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to see your brother out here with his family. So this is, I, I have two other children. I just want to let you know I have a son that's 18. He's VTC. You look like you eight. You look like you about twenty two. So I don't know how you got an eighteen year old. Thank you. So so and I got a seventeen year old as well. They go to Third Good. Well, my son just graduated from Third Good over in Southeast Ward Eight. He's going to yeah. He's going to VTC this year. He's starting college, and then you know my other son is on par to graduate this year. So you know we we just trying to. And I have a I have a grandson that's that's in the ninth grade over at Third Good Marshall. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay, that's 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 that's. They, good. they looked all over my daughter and him. They looked all over D.C. to find figure out what school he would might be best for him, and that's what they chose. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Excellent choice. All right. All right. So head over there to the D.C. Uh, Cooperative uh, Stakeholders Group, and we'll keep on walking around. Thank you, bro. Thank yes, you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. We're at the festival on the mall, the Co-op Festival on the Mall. We're taking our second break. We'll be right back. Human nature. We're listening to some great music down here. Wish you were down here to watch, to listen. This is Cuba. Please don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM WOM and 95.9 FM. 